Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. So this was a struggle for me to get down here. I, uh, I live in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's about 18 degrees with we did get rid of our snow, but we normally have about two feet of snow right now. So when Morgan sent me the email, hey, will you come speak? I'm like, I don't know, Miami in February, but uh, made it down here. So, so it's good to see everybody. I want to talk today about like the real meal deal. Like nobody raised their hand when, when you guys had any kind of like AI plan. Like I want to literally give you a plan on where to start. Um, I, I think that there's... There's so much that goes into this, right? And I think Liz just, she hit on so many good notes about what AI is. And now we're going to get into the weeds on how the heck do you employ it in your actual contact center. So this is my flex uh, page right here. So you know who the heck I am. So I'm Tom Laird. I, I have a BPO. Um, Expedia is about six, 700 seat USA BPO. Work with lots of different, from financial services to healthcare to retail. Um, we also have an AI customer experience startup called Auto QA O2TO, um, where we're fully automating QA in the contact center. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But again, I think out of all of this, please follow the podcast. It's like 200 episodes. It's unbelievable stuff. I'm very proud of it. And then I think for, for this being a nice customer event or um, having you know people that may be coming on to nice, I am a, one of the, the members. I think there's only two BPOs on the executive advisory council for, for nice. So all the new technology that's coming out, we get to play with it a little bit. We get to tell them if it stinks or not. Um, so I want to kind of talk a little bit with that stuff today with you guys too. And this is just quickly on Expedia. Like I have every tool. So at the end of this, if you guys have any questions on some of the things that we're going to talk about, be it workforce intelligence, workforce management, uh, for non-BPO, for BPO, for an internal contact center, all the tools that we have. And I put here too, I am enlightened, interested, Right. We've been going deep into the Enlightened AI tool. We have a ton of third-party AI tools that we're utilizing now. And I want to talk a little bit about that stuff too. So again, this is kind of a, what is real? What I believe, this is my opinion. This is one of the awesome things here too. Nice said, hey, come talk, Tom, as a customer. I'm like, absolutely. They never say, hey, talk about this. Hey, uh, make sure you bring this product into our thing. I sent my deck to Morgan and she never even said anything. I don't even know if this thing's good or not. Um, so this is all my opinion on stuff as a customer, as somebody who uses the technology. This is kind of a from a technology call center guy to technology call center people. So I only have, I think Liz went her full a lot of time. My deck's like 27 minutes. So, so if Morgan, please, she's not going to yell at me, please, if you guys have any questions as we go, um, especially about any of the AI technology, about agent assist or some of the things that we're going to talk about, please, please, please raise your hand because we're playing with it. We're utilizing it. We're doing it with customers. All right, so again, what to focus on first? I love that Liz asked that question because that was going to be one of mine. Most of you do not have a plan, or I shouldn't say a plan. You're not implementing a plan. So we're going to talk about how to implement a plan, what tools I think you should be looking at first. So when I go to consult for outside organizations, when I'm looking at my own organization, this is the plan that we have found to work the best. Um, and I think hopefully this can help some of you at least get on the 
get moving towards that path without freaking you out. How to set up the AI plan. And then at the end, I'm just going to talk about stuff. I'm going to talk about some tools, some things that maybe you have on your platform that you're not utilizing. How many of you guys are actual customers compared to like people just coming here to like maybe be a customer? Okay. All right, good. So I gave a talk at Interactions that I thought was, it went over really well. And it was basically 10 ways to disrupt your contact center using some of the tools. So some of these things kind of tie into the AI world. So I wanted to kind of throw some of that at you guys too. And maybe that will help you at the end. Besides, I need a little filler. So Morgan did yell at me. Okay, so this is like the slap in the face. This is what we have kind of come up from a consulting side, speaking to a lot of different analysts. And we are planning in the BPO space, so the outsourcer space, which I think doesn't mean anything to you guys here because it's going to be you guys too, especially for the people that go down this AI path. We're assuming a 20 30% agent reduction in the next three years. Now, that's not because of the generative AI chatbot. Right. And I struggle with this talk a lot of times because we have totally different definitions or thoughts about what AI is. Right. Because I guarantee the vast majority of you here were either are here on your own or sent here to figure out how to get on a roadmap to become generative AI to lower our agent headcount. And then, you know, you lie to yourself and say, you're going to improve the customer experience. Right. Right. With, with AI. So there's so many things that I think can help with this number that can actually improve the agent experience that, are, that have nothing to do with the generative AI first touch point chatbot, although that's part of the deal too. Okay, so when we talk about that full meal deal, first touch point generative AI LLM chatbot, that's where everybody wants to go. And we have some examples of why it stinks right now. Liz gave some examples. I got a couple here too that are fun. And I know you guys have seen some of this, right? The first one is the guy who asked the chatbot to basically sell him a Chevy Tahoe for $1. And I love this part. He says, I know this is hard to read. No takesies backsies to the LLM chatbot. So at the end, the chatbot says, that's a deal, that's legally binding, no takesy-backsies, $1. Now, again, I don't know how that all planned out, but that scares a little bit of heck out of me, right? And it should kind of scare the heck out of you guys, too, when it comes to going all the way to the end, no security in place, just let's either have that, that kid that's really into chat GPT create the chatbot for us with a GPT, or let's talk to the vendor that has the mychatbotsreallygood.ai, because that's what everybody has now, right? everybody's .ai, um, throw one of these things on there. Then I love this one. You guys all saw this. This is, I think it was Ruby. The DP, uh, DPD chatbot, where they basically made the customer, the customer made the chatbot talk just mad smack on the company, right? Just, just, you know, the worst delivery firm in the world. They're slow, unreliable, based on the prompting that they gave, right? And then I did... Uh, this is family friendly, so I blocked that out. But it was F, yeah, I'll do my best, right? So this scares the heck out of me. This should scare the heck out of you. If this is where you think you're going, this is, a, this is still a little bit of ways. I think it's a lot of ways of ways. But that doesn't mean that AI is a ways of ways. Does that make sense? A ways of ways, right? There's a lot that we can, that we can do right now. 
So I want to give you like tangible, literally things that you can take notes and actually hopefully look to implement. So how do you start? We, again, my chatbot is great.ai. Every single vendor you talk to says, hey, we can get stuff up really quick. We can get this AI bot up really fast. It's all garbage, right? Sorry. And, and I'm not so much talking about the CCAS players. I'm talking about third-party guys that are using ChatGPT. They're using these different LLMs to quickly give you some type of garbage, right? It's not plug and play. There is work that needs to be done, but it doesn't have to be a ton of work, especially if you're road mapping and have a plan. Be careful what you buy in 2024. Nobody really, we all talked about AI until ChatGPT came out. And then it was like, we have to have AI. That's a year old. It's a year. So again, do we need to get on this path? Absolutely. You need to start today. I totally agree with the six to nine months. You need to be on a path doesn't mean you've got to be full ready, given self-service and given all type of, of agent assist and, and all of this stuff to your customers and to your agents. But you need to have a plan. You need to start that today. And again, most of the tools or a lot of the tools are not ready. We're going to talk about what's real, what's not real. And demos lie. I don't know if you guys know that. I am the best. I, my, my, my dream job, right? Because when I go consult for a company, they'll be like, hey, Will you come on this demo with us? We're doing this with uh, self-service.ai company. And I'm like, yes, I will go on that demo with you. And we'll see this demo and it's the greatest thing ever, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'm either going to be like a level 12 pissed off customer, right? Let's see how it reacts to that. They all stink, right? Or I'm just going to, I'm going to try to trick it. I'm going to, and it's, it's going to work to a certain extent. So don't, don't fall for demos. I don't think most people do anymore. But especially when you're talking third-party guys, right? Um, outside of the, 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 the CCAS, which they've taken a slow, methodical pace to this, where um, I've just seen so many people who've made mistakes who then come to me like, hey, will you come fix this? I'm like, no, dude, I can't fix that. That's terrible. You got to get that off um, because there's no, there's no helping it. All right, I think this is important, especially when no one raised their hand that they're on a path. This is what you need to do like today. If I can open this. Okay. You guys see this too? This is, I did this deck myself and I was really proud of my animations. Like, look at that. Pretty good. So think about integrations today. Um, I think that's the number one thing other than the next thing that I'm going to talk about. So all of your data, whether that be, you know, let, let's take a, a credit union for an example. Like they have their core. Let's make sure our core is integrated. They probably do because they're probably doing some type of, of self-service online banking. Let's take their customer-facing data and, and a Salesforce, a Zoho, a ZX, whatever they're using. Let's integrate that into the telephony. Let's get every single data source, at least from, a, from the customer experience side. I totally agree with Liz. Like this needs to be a company-wide deal. But when we're talking just about CX, let's make sure that in 2024, you guys start the path. If you have, if you, your integration stink, Right, into your CCAS, into your telephony platform. That's a huge piece of this. The other thing I don't have on here is we don't have voice yet for really for AI. When you're talking about ChatGPT, when you're talking about those type of tools, transcripts are very, can be difficult. Now, CX1, they just kind of came out with a way that you can get transcripts, but think that through as well, right? Are you going to use that platform? How are you going to get transcripts? Right, to start to kind of use some of this, this, this information or this, this AI kind of world. 
The next thing that no one talks about, and I'm going to start a business with this, is have a robust KMS or knowledge management system. But you have to have something to train data with. Again, this goes back to the, this is not plug and play. Having a bunch of huge data source, that's great. But when you're looking at agent assist, when you're looking at, you know, how can AI help from a self-service model? It needs to know all your stuff, right? It needs to know your tools. It needs to know how you service customers. It needs to know codes that you use. Everything that, that, a, that an agent would need to service that customer, you need to have in a, in a set of data. Hopefully it's a KMS or something that you don't have a bunch of Excel spreadsheets that you guys are just plugging in. Stuff to start in 2024 if you have no plan. Get your KMS in order. Get as much of that data as you possibly can. Integrate everything you possibly can with your telephony. I think this is important. Understand what outcomes are real and match your needs. And again, I don't want to talk about theory. I want to talk about real deal stuff. But when you talk, if you have a CEO or a C-level group, what is their actual goal? Is it different than your goal? Is your goal to say, hey, I want to increase my customer experience, my NPS, my CSAT, um, my sentiment scores? Is their goal to say, hey, I want a lower head count? Right? There's huge, huge dynamics at, at work here with different areas of the organization. And there's different tools that match what those do. So coming up with almost a company-wide thought process of what are the outcomes? Are we looking to increase our customer experience? We need NPS to be different. We need to rise that. But I also need to lower my headcount by X. You have to come up with a company-wide understanding what, what you need, which will then incorporate your roadmap of what tools you go after first. But when you have different disconnects, then they want one tool. You get another tool. They get the tool. You hate it. You don't use it. It's a disaster. And I've, I see that all the time. Think through security. New security, new privacy issues. What data are you going to give any type of LLM that you're going to use? Um, are you masking that data? Um, is it HIPAA compliant? No, new security thoughts, new policies, procedures, I think is, is something that we're not talking about either. Everybody's going so fast that we're skipping these details. And these details will come and bite you. And again, this is something I see a lot with, with companies that are kind of going full forward into this without actually thinking these things through. Again, look, I mean, think about the Chevy dealer, right? No security, no nothing. And that's a crazy extreme example. I get more concerned about giving an LLM customer data with account information. Like, what is, what is the deal with that, right? How do, we, how do we figure that out? What is the policy for that? How do you QA AI? Don't think about that. You have a chatbot that you're utilizing. Do you QA it with like normal? Like these are questions I ask myself. It's part of one of the reasons that we're, we're starting up like our little AI QA platform. But think about that in your organization. How do you know if it's quote unquote hallucinating? You're just assuming that it's right because it's AI? I wouldn't, right? Another thing to think about, how we're QAing AI. And again, I see this a lot. People have mistakes with that, but then they end up hiring like three or four people to QA what they're doing because they're doing so many chatbot sessions that it almost like defeats the purpose of the whole thing. So again, don't get caught with, you know, not thinking things totally through. God, I just, and I, I keep hearing the demo thing. Don't take demos at face value. Like it just sticks with me. Um, if you have no plan whatsoever and you are just starting, I think this is a great roadmap, right? This is exactly how we kind of thought 
the thought process that we did before we went out and we bought software and came up with a plan, integrated all the stuff that we could possibly integrate it and prepared for this. I believe that if you just did this this year, you're in a really good spot because the technology that's coming is coming. It's really, it's almost cooler what's about to happen. We're going to talk about that too. Some of the cool stuff that's happening maybe in the next two years. So you're, you're falling behind if you don't do this, if you just sit on your hands, but just start down the road. All right, now let's say you did this. Or let's say that you're in a spot where, hey, we want to purchase some stuff. Like, we want to really do this thing. What should you purchase? And again, this is my opinion only. This is what I believe is real today. This is what I would start with. And I wish I had better animations for it, but I don't. So the first place that I would start with is your legacy tools that you have right now. And start to think those through. Again, we're assuming that you have kind of that that KMS and everything's in in, in place. Workforce management. Who who knows what workforce intelligence is on CX1? Who uses workforce intelligence on CX1? Love you guys. All right, we're going to talk about that either. It's the most underutilized, I think, AI tool now in the whole suite. And the CX1 people do a terrible job talking about it. Like, I'm the biggest advocate for that thing. So workforce management, workforce intelligence, analytics, RPA, advanced routing, all these things that you can do now, right, that are part of your platform that you can use in different ways, right? I would start there. I would either start to look at some of these tools, especially in analytics if you don't have it, right? Come on, guys. Let's grow up. Let's get some analytics, right? Um, I think that those type of tools get you thinking down the right path. Okay, so we, we, we're cool with that. What are some of the, now, the tools that are newer that I believe are the most mature that I would say, hey, I think that that could help you depending on your use case, not everybody, but depending on your use case is, is agent assist, right? Copilot, um, real-time analytics, supervisor assist. Those type of back-end agent tools are pretty darn mature and they can add a lot of value. Where can they add a lot of value? If you have a, obviously the more complex your contact center is, the more that these tools are going to help, right? If you have a quick two minute and 30 call and half of your calls are password reset, that's an extreme example, but you get what I'm saying. I wouldn't get any of that, right? I wouldn't do that. That's not most of us. Most of us have complex situations of how skills are set up, how the calls come in, agents we, where agents are asking a ton of questions in Slack or in Teams all the time. And we can now automate that depending on if you have your back end and you have your KMS and you have all that stuff built out well, right? Agent assist is amazing, right? For us being in a BPO, right? I do not have, and I'm looking at this, the, the CX1 and the Enlighten and the Copilot and that. We use a third party um, agent assist. I will tell you in every single RFP that I have seen in the last 18 months, Agent assist is not something that that companies are asking for. They're demanding it. So that means agent assist is is becoming very mainstream. It's something to look at. It's not that difficult to employ as long as you kind of have some of your back-end stuff in, in order. This is the question I always get on that as well. Depending on your use case, like I have seen a 15 to 30 second. 30 second is, is, is aggressive. Um, lowering of average handle time. If you have a really good, and say you have 
a five to seven minute call, um, I think you can lower it by about that much, which is, again, if you have 100 agents, if you have 10,000 agents, if you have 500 agents, it's a big difference. And you had nothing to do with, with generative chatbots. You just lowered it by helping your agents doing that, which also could lower headcount. Okay, so I thought this was just totally ingenious, right? I got my green, that's the good stuff. This is like, well, it's coming. And that's like, oh God, right? Um, so then we talk, I call them the GPT tools, right? I don't know if that's, that's not really the official name for them, but that's kind of what I call them, right? So auto summary, that should be in the green. That's why I kind of have it first. I think auto summarization is great, especially if you have longer after call work. If you don't have long after call work, then I think it's a waste of money. But if you have, you know, two minutes of memoing and then you got to fill out forms and you, your after call work or your wrap time is, you know, over a minute, that's crazy then. Especially, you know, times in the amount of agents that you have when it can instantly summarize what you have, throw it in your Salesforce, throw it in your CRM. Amazing tool, super mature, ready to go. All right, I'm going to talk about auto QA because there's a lot of, BS with auto QA. Um, I think we are, and again, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm not pubbing my, what we're doing, but we have a company and we're trying to basically use chat GPT to fully automate the, um, the forms, right? I don't want any proprietary scoring. I want this form that if I know uh, an agent has an 89 on it, I know what an 89 is. And I want that same exact form. And you know, there's a lot of auto QA that's coming out that's basically either giving you a proprietary scoring, they're basically giving you um, sentiment scoring. What's going on here, man? Like, my, um, and I think that there's 2041. You never heard that. <laughs> and I think you need to be careful with, with the auto QA stuff. Um, what it can do today now in, in a year. If, if somebody tells you, hey, right now, if you have 10,000 calls a day and we can auto score all of your calls, um, 100% of your calls, they're lying to you. They're absolutely lying to you. That's not true, right? I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe you guys can prove me wrong on that. But if they're using some type of, of LLM or chat GPT model, you know, the fastest that we've seen the APIs is, is about a minute and a half to two minutes per call. Right for each scoring. Now we can we can do a bunch of them, but be careful when you hear those type of things because um, ask what that score really means. Now I can do sentiment scores right on our analytics. One hundred percent of my calls. Well, that's great, but it's not scoring calls. Right. Be careful with that. Something that you're I have started to see more is, is education and role playing with kind of these GPT models. So you know having a having an agent. Uh, go through a, a, a library, a, a ticked off customer, a happy customer, a customer that's, that's maybe older, somebody who wants to get off the phone quick, like all these different scenarios. The reason you're seeing it be not fully deployed is because it's mostly just chat right now, right? Because voice isn't totally there yet, or it's very expensive there, but you're going to see that too. So that's like a tool that, don't worry about that now, but next year when there's voice, that thing's going to fly. Okay, and then quickly, we have the, the, the chatbots. And again, I have these last, right? So and I'm going to ruin my next like three slides, but that's all right. I believe in more of an, an agent-centric roadmap. 
agent first, get everybody used to it. Let's lower as much handle time as we can. Now we can still do this because, but again, going back to that credit union who has their core is integrated, their customer facing data is integrated. They have full online banking. Um, their security that maybe they have biometrics already. Why am I going to spend so much money to redo my whole thing for a chat? Like, what am I getting out of it? I don't see it yet. Now, granted, in two years from now, the amount of data that it's going to be able to utilize is crazy. But again, I don't think it makes sense today. God, I don't know. I hope the nice people are not like looking at me like, want to kill me. I don't think it's good enough today or to the right move today to scrap your self-service. If you think you have a good self-service model, when you have all these other tools that are super mature, when this one's not mature at all, and who knows what way that's going to go. Let's talk about the fun stuff now. Here's the stuff that's coming that I see that I've been talking to, um, whether it be the nice people, whether it be consultants, whether it be a lot of the, the technology companies. I am a VPO. I have to have the best technology. VPOs have to, right? If you're coming to me to outsource your stuff, I can't have like, hey, here's an agent. Or do you have this? This? No, I don't have any of that. No, I have to. So I'm always trying to see what's real, what's next. I think this is some of the stuff that I am most excited about. And I know that's loud. I apologize. I didn't know Nice couldn't buck up for bigger TVs. Just to had to. <laughs> Kidding. Um, Real-time language support is coming. I think it comes this year. Um, if you guys have know a company, uh, well, I, I probably shouldn't say company, but again, there's a, there's a couple companies that have been working on this. I'm excited because we lose a lot of business to, you know, Western Europe, right? Do you have any French speaking? I, dude, I don't have any French speaking here in Pennsylvania. Um, but to be able to have this, this is coming, right? So full voice so that you can speak a different hundreds of languages and, and act like you're having the same conversation when you're actually speaking a different language. Predictive analytics. That's, that's kind of a, 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 I think that's obvious, right? Being able to look at all the different types of data that we have on a customer and instantly, instead of just having agent assist, be able to say on this call, the customer saying this or to say this, to be able to do that before the call even happens, right? So to look at their social media accounts, to look at what the last purchases were, look at the notes and the memos that they did in the CRM, come up with a profile for this customer and boom, that agent has that, that information. I think you're about to see the evolution of the dashboard go away. And you're about to see that, and I believe in the, the demo and what's gonna be shown here third with the enlightened actions. I don't, I'm tired of dashboards, I don't wanna look at data. I want you to just tell me the data. Right? I don't wanna have to just go every day and find out, sort by our average handle time, Janie was, I just wanna say things like, hey, what were the highest um, average handle time of the, you know, the, the, the longest handle time of the top 10 reps? Boom, that's there. Hey, um, how many, can you give me a, a sample of calls that for when customers use the phrase too expensive yesterday? Boom, there, right? So having kind of that prompting mentality translate into the data that we want, right? That's coming, that's almost here now, but it's gonna be coming even more um, as we go, as we look at using our head to kind of tell it what we want. I'm ticked off that voice isn't here yet. Like, come on. I think this will, that will be a, a turning point. We talk about tone. We talk about sentiment with analytics. But 99% of that is what the customer said, not how they said it. Right? The next step is we get to 
real-time sentiment, real-time tone. When that customer is yelling, we really know that they're yelling because we're using voice and we're not using transcripts for, for any of the analytics. And every time I see IoT, I don't know, I just think of like uh, idiot of today, but that's not what that stands for. But you're starting to see devices talk to themselves, right? My refrigerator's light bulb goes out. I have I, I set a, some parameters where it can reach out to a, a bot at the at Honeywell or GE or whoever makes refrigerators now and say, hey, send me that. So I don't even need to deal with that. That stuff is pretty, pretty much coming as well. And then we all know, talk about like video avatars, right? Um, as we're getting more and more to the uh, to the LLM and moving towards that model. Hit me. All right. So again, does it work? Yeah. All right. So I think you start at the agent level. I think you start with the tools that you have now. I think you start with the legacy tools that are the most mature. If you want to actually buy AI tools, right, um, you start working at the chat GPT type things to eliminate time, if that's what your deal is. If you're looking for CX and an improvement to that, I think you're looking more at agent assist and those type of tools. Um, and I think you work to the customer level, meaning that first touch point chatbot that is not there yet, but is coming. So I believe the roadmap should be to spend your money with the mature tools of today and wait for the other stuff to kind of come into, come into the airport. So that's my slide with that. Kind of said it about 12 times. But again, starting at the bottom and kind of working your way up to the scary LLM chatbot. Guys, have any questions? Just rambling on here. No, I'm really that good? Awesome. Okay, so to reiterate, before I get into some of the cool tools and, and how to utilize them, if you're just starting out, which seems like a lot of you guys are now, build out your KMS, focus on your integrations, start to use the legacy AI tools and use them differently, and I'm gonna show you how to use them differently, and it's awesome. Um, let's talk about that. Analytics is the greatest tool that you guys all stink at, right? Um, we, we hear from, and again, from, from, the, from NICE, from CX1, here's your dashboard, here's the trending keywords, here's frustration, here's sentiment, and then we stop. Well, I can't do that, because I'm trying to get as much out of this thing as I possibly can, right, to, not to charge customers more, but yeah, it's kind of to charge customers more because I'm offering a different set of values. Stuff that you can do in your contact center right now to when, when, it, when your CEO says to you, we need generative AI chatbots to lower our headcount. And you're gonna say, hey, boss, I got something else that will do the same thing. If that's what you really wanna do, and we can do it with the tools we have now. One of the things that we do um, is use analytics for staffing in our BPO. So I have a customer, I do all the math, and I say, hey, listen, to get an 80-30, which I still don't know why 80-30 is like the thing, but anyway, to get an 80-30, you need 100 headcount. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't have the budget for that. I say, okay, what we can do is we can turn on analytics and we can have, we can stagger to do a test the amount of time that we answer the calls. And we can actually mark and see where beginning sentiment of customer gets ticked off. So 
I can go to a customer and I can say, hey, listen, you don't need a 100 head for an 80-30. We have found that your customers, I had no negative sentiment at the beginning of a call when they wait three minutes and four seconds. So that means we only need 62 head. No one's going to be any different. Uh, no, we're not going to have a drop in NPS. We're not going to have a drop in CSAT. That's where we can be. Again, using the tools in different ways that you have now, that is still, again, I know this is kind of going off the, the radar, but I think it's important when you're roadmapping and people want to see, I need to see you, some type of, of, of lowering of headcount. Like that's what AI does, right? And you can say, okay, listen, we're going to roadmap. We're going to be smart with this, but there's other things I can do to kind of hold the wolves off so that you can do the thing right. That's one thing that I love. We use analytics as well. I incent my rep. And, and again, maybe this isn't important for what we're talking about here. But again, remember my last thing was anything I want to talk about. And I think that this is so cool. Right? We're actually paying and incenting our reps off of positive sentiment. So, so many of you and me, we go to have our agents and there's a cross sell, there's an upsell. There's, there's some type of sales component and we commission the heck out of those guys, right? Those high sales guys, we, we love them, right? Rightfully so. But there's also agents that are doing an unbelievable job on maybe the service skill, not the sales skill. How do we reward them, right? You can reward them with sentiment, right? Again, for me being a BPO, I could show customers that my agents are talking to their customer, right? Their tone is correct. Same thing for you guys, right? You can actually look to incent and you, the, the culture aspect of that is totally crazy. How that totally builds a different type of culture in your organization when they know they're getting paid off of being nice. And now we have a way to actually show it other than they QA'd my call. I was nice on that. I swear to God, I was nice on that call, right? Now that you can take kind of all that away. And now I'm going to talk about workforce intelligence. The most underutilized tool in the whole CX1 suite, this is where one of the things that I would start with as an AI tool, and all of you have it, you don't need to pay any more for it. If it's not on your CX1, go tell your TAM, go tell somebody like, hey, this needs to be on there, and they'll put it on. Workforce intelligence at its core, at its kind of babyish, is where it can send you an email or send anybody an email um, if you know service level drops or handle time goes. That's the basics, like baby part of it. The cool part, and how it's getting better and better and better, is AI is being infused into the engine so that we're moving agents in and out of skills based on preset service levels, right? That's one, another awesome use case. So I can guarantee service level for a customer that has a sales, a re, uh, let's say a uh, password reset. I don't know why I keep saying that, but sales, password reset, regular customer service, and let's say a shipping issue. And they want their sales to be a 90-10, right? And they don't really care about anything else. I can guarantee that as calls come into the IVR, it sees it and it will move people in and out of skills so that you aren't doing that constantly all day long moving. Awesome tool. Other way to use it is for newer agents. Let's say you have, a, you have 10 agents and you just put 10 more on the phones and you can set a threshold of handle time. So if, if, if these new agents go above seven minutes with their handle time, it'll automatically lower their preference so it's not hammering your service level. Again, another way to think about headcount to think about lowering headcount as you're working down this AI roadmap without costing yourself any, any money at all. No one uses this to the point, nobody talks about it. It is absolutely unbelievable. 
It is awesome, and there's so much you can do with it. Go play with it. Okay, so that's if you were, again, if you had no idea about what you're doing. Hopefully, that's enough to get you at least started. If you are ready to do it, if you're ready to go down, and you're ready to start to buy technology, right? look for the most mature tools first. If you're looking for, your, for, for a chatbot, please be, be totally wary of the LLM right now. Um, unless you're going to put some serious restraints on it, work through that thing. It's, and that will be a, a process for you. Um, but I, I think that's a roadmap that, that is tangible, especially when no one raised their hand. It's something that won't cost you a billion dollars, depending on where you are in your, in your roadmap. Well, I think the thing is, I was skeptical about all this stuff because I was scared to death of it, right? I, I mean, I, I'm an outsourcer, right? So when it first comes, it's like, it's like water in your face. Like your model of agents sitting in a seat, um, it's, it's never going back. It has to change. And so when we methodically thought through this, the biggest change that I think I made was I used to buy technology and it had to have two things, massive ROI for my customer and an improved customer experience. I'm sorry, an improved customer experience for my customer and an ROI for me, right? Those were the two things. Right, right. They were there. I found out that that model doesn't work anymore, um, especially when I started to see customers want tools. Like Agent Assist for me, I have to have it. It's a cost of doing business now, right? But it's something that for an internal contact center, if you do it right, it will lower your, your handle time. It will raise your CX because customers have information if you're doing it properly. Um, I think we were so methodical with it that honestly, I'm a pretty good voice on what stinks more than what's good. Um, but the, the, the rage of the third-party chatbot company it infuriates me. Um, the, the, you go to CCW, you go to ICMI and we went from no chatbot companies in, in 2019 to, to 80% of every single booth was, was my chatbots, great AI dot AI. And I think that there's a lot of people that have fallen for it. They've had a poor experience with it. They, they don't trust it. And it's kind of like the, the, the dot com bubble, right? I think we're, we're close to that. From an AI, from a CX AI standpoint, where a lot of these guys are going to go away, or there's going to be consolidation in the space, and that's why, again, I never tell anybody to to, to look at a full self-service model yet. Now, again, you talk to me in five years, that could be totally different. But if if somebody's just starting, just be very wary of, of that. I really think, and again, they've not told me to say this. The CX one and Nice has been extremely methodical. They have not raced to this. They're pretty much the only CCAS player with their own attached AI model, right? Five9, Genesis, all those guys, um, you got to slap stuff on. And you can still slap stuff on if you want it from a CX1 standpoint. But the tools that they're coming in is what I am most excited with because it's fully going to be fully integrated with all my stuff. So again, that's a long way around. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of what scared me or the things that I would definitely you know, be careful of. Yes? Uh, yeah, so you 
So for us, we had to change. I changed my whole thought process, right? And again, I think I was telling Morgan, or I forget who, I don't know. I was telling somebody. I gave a talk that was basically this talk, but it was for a group of people here that were all BPO owners, or they're all call center outsourcers. And you should see some scared people in that group, right? Because no one understands how to change their, their business model. So for us, I'm totally fine now, and I have accepted that I want a customer to say, hey, I have 100 seats, but I need to get that down to 45 seats. And I'm now at the point where I'm like, yes, let's do that. Let's do it through agent-led tools. Let's do it with self-service. Let's do it with some type of, of maybe some type of hybrid generator bot to take away some of the easy stuff. There's tools that the CX1 platform has now where I can basically load data in and they can say, hey, these are the calls that you need to you know, turn into self-service. So I think the, the mentality change is the biggest thing for me and understanding that the tools that I'm going to buy in the future, um, they're going to lower my headcount. My whole, my whole experience as being an owner is going to change, but I think that's the most value for a lot of these guys and for our customers is, is again, to, to be able to I, won't, I don't like the companies that say, hey, just I want to move all this to self-service. I'm like, guys, it's going to be awful. It's going to be a disaster. Right? But if there's a plan to say, hey, let's, let's do this from the agent level. Let's take away some of this easy stuff. And again, that's not rocket science. We've been doing that forever. But now we have cooler tools to do it with. And I think that's the, that's the biggest difference. Yes. Our, the, the RFPs. Yeah, like you don't have it, go beat it. Like you're not getting any of our business. And that's when I said, this needs to change. And I said, and I always like to be first, like first to do things. And I made a lot of mistakes doing that. But I think in this world, it, it's been right. And again, to, to have auto summarization for, for a client that has, and we're not a huge BPO, I'm six, 700 seats. Like I'm not 10,000 seats. So a big client for us is maybe 40, 50 seats. Uh, but if they have, we say, hey, you know, we have these 50 seats and our after call work is normally eight minutes. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Right. Because I can provide instant value, instant savings right there. So I think once I got more into it and the other thing is most of I don't want to say you guys, but most customers that come to us have no clue about what they're doing at all. Right. So if I can be that kind of that guiding force, if you can be the guiding force in your companies. I think there's a lot of value to that if you can come up with a really good plan for it and be a little bit ahead of the curve. Because, again, we're so early. I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do really cool in your companies um, if you kind of just think some of that through. And if, if you have a leadership group, that'll, that'll kind of let you have a say as well. And obviously, if you guys are here, you know, hopefully they do. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you. My um, you know, how do you pay for uh, you know, $500 an hour consulting to help you generate these ideas? And also, can you speak a little bit about what you're doing with um, kind of getting your XP right with influencers and maybe share that lens? <coughs> influencers from just, just kind of in general, like in the space? 
we had no money when we started. And again, I don't want to, again, maybe this is why I started early. We had no money when we started. Like I came, I, I ran a, a 18 seat, 1800, 18 seat, 1800 seat BPO, uh, mostly in financial services. You know, 2008, 2009, 2010 came. The Great Recession turned into the Great Depression, right? Everybody got basically PE, private equity came in, bought the company. Everybody got let go. So we said, what do we do? So I started, like if you saw that slide, I started with four agents in 2011. And we had no money for marketing, no money to do SEO. Like it was, it's, it was like 50 bucks a click for customer service outsourcing in like 2011. God knows what it is now. So we said, and, and I would love to see more of you guys do this. We try to create as much content as we possibly could in the CX and the customer service space as humanly possible to help as many people as possible. Um, and so I don't have any salespeople in my company. There's not one salesperson. I guess it's just me. Um, and all we do is create as much content for you know, somebody who's just starting out. As, as, and we've seen that, that, that call center agent become the supervisor, become the call center manager, become the head of procurement who then comes to me because we've helped them out. So I think, again, I would love for you guys to just, again, advice from a call center geek podcast. Make sure you follow me on LinkedIn. I'd like to you know, talk to, to, to you guys more on that. I'd love to see some of the things that you guys are doing. Um, but when it comes to, like, the consulting side, um, I think that these things are more important. Um, most of the consultants I've seen, how many of you guys go on LinkedIn and you see, like, AI expert? Like, dude, like, you put that on there, like, three months ago. Right? Nobody's an expert. I think we're all learning this. Every single person from a lot of the, the, the AI companies, like, hey, Tom, I just got to love your podcast. Like, I'm like, well, dude, I'm supposed to be coming to you for help. Um, so, again, I think it's so early to, to talk to the CX1, to talk to TAM, to talk to the – really see the real technology. Like, like what they have is real technology. Um, but, again, you're not going on a buying spree. You're going to find out what's good for your organization what can actually help the things that you need help with. And that's the tools that I think that, that you go out with. Um, but again, from the consulting side, it's, it's tough out there. It, this is just so new. Um, and everybody's use case is so different that, you know, depending on what buddy they have at, you know, my call center dot AI um, that they're kind of pushing on you, I think is kind of the, the way that I've, I've seen things go here lately. All right. Sorry. I'm going to wrap it up there. No, literally perfect timing. Perfect. Um, I mean, I'm loud enough. All right, you guys, we have a quick Thank you, guys. Break.